Splendid. We have a problem. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting live from the campus of Splendid University in beautiful downtown Splendid West Virginia, home to kid superheroes returning next week, time-traveling teens returning in March, computer whiz kids trapped in video games returning as soon as I can locate their whereabouts, and many more you haven't met, a kid space force, Kid detectives, kid explorers, kid inventors, and much more. Some people with active imaginations think that the top secret experiments of my lab have something to do with the extraordinary children and stupefying things that keep happening in this town. But I can assure you, I am just an observer of what wondrous things abound. Kid Space Force, Part 1. Chris's homemade cardboard and aluminum foil rocket ship launched him from backyard to outer space. It's true. Its success was a great surprise, not just to him, but to the teasing neighborhood kids. That's ridiculous. It will never work, Natalie had taunted. Yeah, echoed Marsha. Marsha always backed up her friend, Natalie. Despite the negativity, Chris had remained confident that his rocket would work. And he was right. It did. When he returned an hour later, thankfully in one piece, he looked quite spooked. Scared. That was amazing. Natalie, who had been staring at the sky the whole time, had definitely changed her tune. Yeah, Marcia shared Natalie's enthusiasm, of course. Something went wrong, though. Chris was nearly paralyzed with fear. What's wrong? Natalie asked him. You were right. You showed us, I guess. Yeah, Marcia muttered. Chris stood stone still, but finally spoke. I have to go back. I'm going to need your help. There's... Something out there. Natalie had agreed to help, so Marcia did too. Chris trained them both day and night for over a week. The trio studied gravity, prepared freeze-dried foods, and completed battle exercises. Why do we need to know battle skills? Natalie questioned. Yeah, Marcia also questioned. Chris answered mysteriously because you never know what you might find when you blast into outer space. The girls just looked at Chris, their glares demanding more information, and Chris gave it to them. Aliens, okay? There are aliens up there. Yeah, right, dismissed Natalie. Yeah, right, copied Marcia. They could tell, however, that Chris was quite serious. Really? asked Natalie. Really? asked Marcia. Really? answered Chris. You ready to battle to save Earth? They were ready. 
almost. We need a name. What do we call our group? Natalie wondered. Kid Space Force, Marsha replied. It was a good name, a good idea. It might just have been the first original idea Marsha had in her entire life. Kid Space Force. I like it. For once, Natalie backed up Marsha. Space Force it is, Chris agreed. We blast off tomorrow. I think there's one more thing we need. Natalie had an idea. What good is a kid Space Force without uniforms? Chris wasn't crazy about the idea of staying up all night, measuring, cutting, and sewing, but he agreed that the kid Space Force needed uniforms. The trio worked together, and come the next day, they wore matching silver, glittery jumpsuits that ran from head to toe. After a few last-minute adjustments to the ramshackle rocket, the kid Space Force crew crawled in and launched out of Chris's backyard, high up into the sky and out of Earth's orbit into space. All was peaceful, and the trio stared wide-eyed at the Earth. Unfortunately, the stillness did not last long. The aliens arrived. There were three of them on their enemy alien ship, the alien ship was so close to the Space Force Trio's rocket that you could have touched it, and given that both ships were made out of cardboard and aluminum foil with wide-open windows, all involved parties could easily speak to each other. Cool costumes, the leader of the alien trio complimented the kids. Yeah, his aliens agreed in unison. So, are we ready to battle? Chris was pumped up battle. The alien leader seemed confused. His partners did too. They echoed, battle? I don't think they want to battle, Chris, Natalie pointed out what seemed quite obvious to her and Marcia. Yeah, I don't think so, Chris, Marcia added. The alien leader stared hard at the kid Space Force crew, admiring them. No, don't want to battle. Sure would like some cool costumes like that, though. You would? Natalie was flattered. The costumes had been her idea, after all. She designed them, too. I could help with that. For the next couple of hours, the heroic Kid Space Force trio worked with their alien force counterparts, constructing some super cool galactic-themed uniforms. Upon completion, Chris asked... Okay, are we going to battle now? Chris really wanted to fight, but everybody just stared at him. I guess that's a no. Natalie rolled her eyes. Marcia did the same. The aliens did too. It was time to head home. Before they separated, the alien force gave the kid space force a gift in exchange for their glittery uniforms. The gift was a box full of jewels, and a book about alien history. All exchanged hugs, handshakes, and goodbyes to one another. The kid Space Force returned home safely. They stored the rocket ship in Chris's garage, said their good nights, and went home. As they readied for bed in three separate houses, each one looked proudly once more at that kid Space Force uniform and imagined future battles or sewing sessions with their new alien friends.
the end for now. It's been quite a week, listeners. I'm a bit late in recording this because Splendid has been on edge this week. Splendid residents, many of us, have been the victim of pizza thieves. But thankfully, it's all over. This is the story of the Nocturnal Pizza Bandit. Somebody is breaking into splendid households and stealing frozen pizzas at night. Who could it be? Was it six-year-old Ben, who Mrs. Foster noted was looking a bit too longingly at the grocery bags she recently unloaded from her car to her home? Was it Red, the talkative kid next door to Mr. Jenkins, the one that seemed obsessed with pepperoni? It was all he talked about. Or was it Jen, the girl who could eat pizza for every meal, every day, forever? She'd touch nothing else. They were all suspicious. Who do you think is the nocturnal pizza bandit? Everyone had their suspicions. Some pointed the finger at Ben, who seemed sneaky. Others thought Jen was surely the thief. And Red just looked like he was up to no good. But there were very few clues, and that made solving this case difficult. After all, everybody loves pizza. It could be almost anybody in Splendid. Neighbors on one Splendid street, tired of late-night pizza thefts, banded together to catch the criminal. They set a trap. Each filled their freezers full with frozen party pizzas of every brand and with just about every topping you can imagine. Then they left their front doors unlocked. The pizza thief would not be able to resist. It worked. They caught him. Or her. Or them. Red-handed. Was it Ben? Or Red? Or Jen? Or was it someone else? The truth is, it was all three. They were all guilty of pizza theft. The trap had worked. They were all found dripping in cheese and tomato sauce and sausage and green peppers. Ben blamed Jen, while Jen pointed the finger at Red, but Red said that he'd been forced into the delicious thievery by the other two. Officer Gaskins was having none of it. He knew a hardened pizza robber when he saw one, and he knew they were all three guilty. Guilty! The jury didn't take long to convict and the judge handed down one harsh penalty. No pizza for a year. That's not fair, Ben shouted. Jen echoed, are you kidding me? Red was silent. All he could think about was life without his pepperoni delight. And Red is not often silent. The kids protested, but the case was closed. There was nothing they could do about it. Too bad, kids. Officer Gaskins stated, but there are consequences for being bad. Sometimes you have to learn the hard way. A year without pizza is a long time indeed, but Jen and Ben and Red will learn an important lesson, and residents of Splendid can sleep tight knowing that their favorite frozen treats are safe and sound. The end 
again for now, for you will come across Jen and Ben and Red again. But that's all I can say about them for now. My tummy is rumbling, listeners. And oh, a nice, hot, bubbling, cheesy pizza sounds awfully good. That's all for this week. Our kids' superheroes, Buck Travers and Tracy Thompson, return next week. And introducing, finally, Mandy Magic. The third superhero we'll learn about from Splendid Elementary, the third of many. Until then, have a wild and wonderful week, listeners. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might blast you into outer space. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.